Well, we want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast today. I'm here with Rhonda and we're ready to dive into another great conversation. And I thought, Rhonda, we could explore today a little bit of the topic of burnout. You hear Mm. about this a lot. You know, you hear just from friends, from different people and social media and all different spaces like, I'm burnt out. I'm so burnt out. Like this is kind of this word that's thrown around a lot and used a lot. And so I think today, you know, in, in, in order to have this conversation, I think it's important for us to sort of start by defining what we mean by burnout. And so as we use it today, we'll use it sort of loosely in the loose way that we see it used and kind of thrown around a lot mm. that we can go through different seasons of burnout. So just a super busy season that has a lot of extra demands or requirements, a season maybe where there's a crisis that comes into your life or your family that's unexpected. And as a result of that, like there's just an increased amount of pressure and exhaustion and demands on your life. And then there's like the true burnout, what burnout actually means, which would come after a very prolonged season of heightened stress where you end up like not being able to fulfill the responsibilities of your life. You have to make a change like you, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's a home life, whether it's a, and you literally through just prolonged and continued stress or trauma, like you must stop. Like you have to stop. Your body's telling you that your mental um, health is telling you that maybe even you have a note from a doctor, maybe you have to go on a medical leave, like all of those things have come. So let's talk about it in those kind of three different scenarios and breakdowns and just see what it's like to live in this way to not get there. We, we, that's the goal. Like we don't Mm want to ever get to a burnout, but you know what? what is that like? Because the reality is we go through all kinds of different seasons, unexpected Mm -hmm. seasons in our life where we're navigating different stresses, or we have maybe, you know, like you and I, we've got really busy jobs. Like we have a full job that demands a lot. And, you know, we've talked about our work a lot and it's a joy. We love it. So it doesn't feel like a negative demand, but it definitely demands a lot of our time, a lot of our energy, um, a lot of our focus. And so busy seasons, heightened seasons can kind of, you have this internal like thing inside going off like, oh, I could really use like a week off. I could really use to go to Mexico for a week like and get the sun, <laughs> right? Like you feel this like... I don't think I need a burnout even to feel stressed <laughs> and want to go to Mexico for a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or we could just pack up right now just because we want to. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so let's just talk about that and kind of the different yeah. seasons of life, what this kind of looks like through different seasons. And then how do you navigate through that? How do you come out the other side? Um, what does it look like to set boundaries? What does it look like to like have those, you know, dashboard light, you know, is popping on? What are those signs that are saying like, okay, you could be entering into some dangerous territory. And again, you and I probably are unique. In fact, everybody's unique in, in how they approach this in their capacities in life, in their energy levels, in their like, so in this conversation as you and I have it, if you're listening today, I don't want you to compare yourself to Rhonda. Yes. Don't compare yourself yes. to me. Don't compare yourself to our experience as we're talking this out because you might be completely different in how you're working this out. But hopefully in the midst of the conversation, we can find some some um, like key things that are the same for all of us of like what we have to pay attention to, how we walk out when we find, feel like we're getting to the edge of that. How do we heal? How do we re- recharge and refresh through a season that's really busy. So yeah, let's just dive in and have some of those conversations today. I think this is such a timely conversation because like you said, Lori, it's everywhere. It's everywhere about self-care, burnout, boundaries. What does that all mean? And how does that look to flush out? And how do you even know where you are on that spectrum? Like where do you know, according to your personality or even, yeah, yeah, just navigate it. it. How do you recognize it? You know, there is just as a, a pinned thought years ago, and I know I've, I've mentioned this to you and I in various conversations through the years. There was a talk, you know, in your life you can look back and sometimes you'll have these moments that a message or a talk you remember for the, your entire life. It literally transformed you and helped you. One was called Dead Leader Running by Wayne Cadero. I, I must have been 
maybe a couple years into full-time ministry, running a full ministry life with little kids. And I remember the impact of this message. And I feel like it's actually so timing. It's kind of funny to watch the video now because I think it was like in the early 2000s. I love watching old videos from those times. Hilarious. The clothing. Doesn't it make you laugh? Well, like I don't do that. <laughs> I never go back. Once in a while, I'll watch like an old video of something and I'll be like, I can't even get over the clothes. I love watching that. Anyways, that's, that's a side so note. Sorry, I, di I digress here. <laughs> but Wayne Kadera was talking about this false. Did you watch that talk recently? Yeah, like probably like a couple months ago. Okay, yeah. wow. But this false, this false belief that somehow the goal is to balance your life. And I think that's what actually is being pushed right now on social media. This somehow you need to find this perfect space where everything has its place. Everything is balanced. And like your family stays in this beautiful protected space, your work life balance. Like you hear this, like everything has to have actually this strong boundary to maintain balance. It's not true. It's actually, I want to say this, 50 almost 50 years in it's almost I feel impossible and the stress and the pressure of trying to balance is actually sometimes intent psychologically more stressful than recognizing where is the season of my day wow and my week instead of taking it in these massive chunks of like okay I'm only working nine to five I'm turning off my phone at this time I'm doing those things life happens life happens also you're a person like people you have family you have things they don't stay in boxes nothing stays in this box where it's perfectly orchestrated and can just maintain in that box at all times and I think when that starts to happen all of a sudden everything up goes all over the place and the chaos starts instead of recognizing more in bite size and I think this was what I've learned to realize today if I don't always do this well I can do seasons well I don't always do week and day things well. Okay. okay so this okay. is a discipline. Yeah. So this is, I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. I've learned to recognize my life a bit more in seasons. Okay. So in this season, for example, right now, we've got a major conference. We're leading up to Christmas. I'm also moving. This is a really busy season. I love my family, but right now my family time is very limited. So it's not saying my family is not important to me. It's saying for this season, this is the focus, but then that's going to have to switch when this crazy comes, when that season ends to be intentional, be like, how do I now swing a little bit over to really create some wonderful family time? Maybe we have a weekend that we take a Friday, Saturday, we go away somewhere for a night, knowing that we've come out of a really busy season. My family is in a different season with our children's schedules and lives. How do we then carve out maybe 24 hours that we're together? That like from a Friday to a Saturday morning, we go away, we do something. How do I carve maybe some fun family things that I, I plan out? Or start to scale down, not busy my schedule. How do I think a bit more intentional that if this right now in this balancing, if it's swinging to one side heavy, how do I then just compensate a little bit in the next season? Not to make up but to reallocate some of that time because I can't control that right now, this is the season I'm in. And to try to be like, I've got to do all these things and I've got to have family and I've got to do all these things as awesome and at the same peaked level is impossible. And the pressure we can put on ourselves is incredible. So I've said to my children actually recently, I'm in a very busy season and we all need to acknowledge this together that we're gonna be frustrated, we're not gonna see a lot of each other, but it's okay, because let's make, like after Christmas, let's do for the first two, three weeks, let's plan some really wonderful family things together. Let's make the most that we can. We have a couple breakfasts and fun things to do. Yeah, and you'll have you'll have time over the holidays exactly. like to kind of come down together. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. what I'm saying, I could long-winded here no, is no, saying like really sometimes mm -hmm. we can in the midst of a really busy season feel really guilty about or stressed or really st stressed. Right. Always feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not you're enough. Not prioritizing not doing the right things. That's right. All those things. Like, Instead, give yeah. yourself permission to embrace the busy season and embrace the yeah, responsibility. Exactly. Of that. And communicate it. Say, everyone, we're in this busy season. Do we all acknowledge this? Let's just say, okay, mm -hmm. for the next month, we're all going hard. Let's let go of any guilt or shame. Let's just do what we need to do and get ahead of it. And then let's be intentional. Now, the beautiful thing is, if you can, even moving in a week, sometimes it's beautiful in a week and a day. And I'm moving right now to a week. And that's where Sabbath is built in, some of those things. I would love to be more intentional in a day. Sometimes things just come up with the kids or with Jay or with work that you're like, 
I have to stay longer or this, I need to put this down because this is really right now needs my attention. I'm trying really hard. That's the most challenging for me. Okay. But I am working on the week, but definitely a season. So all that to say, I feel like sometimes the sense of balance, boundaries, and self-care and how I need to protect can get really lost in actually the fluid, the fluidity of life, the organic movement of life. Not everything stays in boxes. And I think that's a false conception that somehow you're not achieving health and emotional health and emotional well-being if you don't have everything like really fitting where they need to fit with the proper weight on each thing. That's just not reality. And I think anyone listening to this understands that. How many moms go to bed at night feeling guilty? How many spouses feel like I never gave enough time? I wasn't press, I wasn't present enough or work. I'm in such a busy season, but I had to leave because someone was not, well, we always feel like we're not enough. We're dropping some ball instead of recognizing what season am I in? But then that can't be my life. I think that's where the danger zone comes to be like when seasons are no longer seasons, when weeks are no longer weeks, they now move into a way of living, a, a habit, an unhealthy, unhealthy like too far in on either the busy, way in either way in either way well yeah in either side i guess Other, yeah 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 where you start saying no to really valid relationships for example right. giving serving yeah. ministering because now it's like my kids need everything yeah. but you're not actually stewarding maybe some of the gifts that god's asked you that i'm saying that honestly or even your world has become so mm-hmm. isolated that you're not able to take one more step because that seems like, well, then this upsets all this that I have. There's a control that can come too. Right. And there can actually right. come a lack of control on the other yeah. side. It's a very interesting mm-hmm. part of what is God asking us to steward mm-hmm. and how are we communicating and how are we doing that together imperfectly, but doing it right. in an organic movement way with God at the center. Right. It's a interesting conversation about no that that is that is and i think one of the keys i pulled out from what you just shared was the communication piece like i think being able to look at a season that you're currently in that is your reality that you can't necessarily change like you're in a season that has high demands at work that has a a very a personal major shift and change coming in in a physical move you know that has those demands and you can't change that that's your reality right now and so i love your approach of being able to look at that, recognize it, own it, not not begrudge it, not resent it, not but actually just own it and then communicate and say, you know what, when I look ahead at this next month, these are the demands and this is what it's going to mean. Like, I think that is so key and so healthy because in this conversation about boundaries, it's so interesting that, and and I think there's been lots and there's great books on it and there's lots of information mm-hmm. on this, but the actual fleshing this out in life, I've seen it done in so many different ways. And it's interesting because sometimes when we get into setting very harsh boundaries in our life like you said it does enter into this space of control this effort to control our circumstance our life our and the truth is you can't like you actually can't control when a crisis is going to come on your family you you can't control that so there's a space of being able to embrace that season and the demands that it's going to require of you and still live in out of a healthy space in that right but what happens is there's like a scarcity mindset sometimes Mm. that comes in that is boundaries right where we look at our time and we have this scarcity mindset like, oh my gosh, there's not, there's never enough time. There's never enough time. There's never enough time. Mm. There's never enough time. And if we are looking at our life and looking at our time and we feel like we constantly have to like, like conserve it, steal from it, like hold it, almost like hoard it. Like mm. there, it's a sign that there's something going on on the inside that is probably not anything to do with what's happening on the outside but so it's so easy to blame what's happening on the outside and then try to set boundaries try to like set these like parameters try to put these things in little boxes to say nope i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this but actually the issue is happening on the inside there's like a deep like hoarding of time Mm, or a scarcity of time or a scarcity of like oh my gosh there's not going to be enough for me there's not going to be enough for my family there's not going to be you know thinking that something is 
robbing or stealing. But again, I think that's happening on the inside, not the outside. Mm. But yet we blame the outside. So say my work is demanding too much of me. My, you know, church is demanding too much of me. My, no, no, not at all. Do you need to say yes and no? Yes. Do you learn, need to learn how and where to manage everything and look at your whole? Yes, absolutely. Like Rhonda, in the situation that you're in right now, like it would not be wise for you to take on, let's say two or three other responsibilities or tasks Mm -hmm. so if Mm -hmm. somebody asked you in fact the other day I asked you to do something you said you know what no this wouldn't be a good time for me you know you looked at what the demands and the responsibilities are said no that wouldn't be a good time amazing that's wonderful to be able to recognize and see know when you can say yes know when you can say no those are so important but I think the other interesting thing about boundaries and I don't know if you've seen this or felt this before but it's interesting when you feel like you're on the other side of somebody's boundary, like, like almost like, oh, do you yeah. know, do you yes. know what I mean? Do you know I what totally I mean? Know when, you mean. When, or I mean, you and I, we Why oversee explain this, Laura. I would yeah, love to hear like you, you and this. I oversee a lot of employees. Okay. Yeah, so this yeah. is a very, not everybody does. Not everyone has like a supervisor manager, you know, type of leadership role in their job, but we do. So it's interesting. I find sometimes when you have one of your employees that, wants to set a boundary but it's like their boundary becomes your problem (laughs) i'm like okay i'm all for boundaries like i'm a hundred percent like you need to know again you very clearly defined what does this season look like but knowing that you're moving and knowing that we have a conference coming up at work like you didn't sit down with us and say you know i'm moving and so I'm really sorry I'm not going to be able to, you know, da, 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 da. Because part of your responsibilities here are to oversee the worship, put the team, say da, 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 all, and it's going to require a little bit more of you in this season. So it's like, okay, how do I navigate and manage knowing these are my responsibilities? But it's interesting when sometimes those boundaries are placed in the, like they're held in the wrong places looking for the looking for the right desired outcome but putting it in the wrong places because i actually mm. don't think you're going to get the result you're hoping for i really really don't and i see this play out again and again and again and again it's like the person who hates their job so they quit their job and they hate being unemployed and you're like okay it's really good. You're hitting some really like, do you know what key I mean? spaces. So, yep. Like, I yep. hate my job. It's sucking the life out of me. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like it's leading me to a burnout. I am so stressed out. Okay, quit your job. So you quit your job. Now you're unemployed and you can't find another job. I hate being unemployed. <laughs> I feel like such a loser. <laughs> oh I'm okay. Okay. There's no, but, yeah. but seriously, like, I, I know I'm like joking and being extreme, but honestly, when there is something going on on the inside that is dissatisfied that is like having a scarcity that is having like a yeah a hoarding of time uh like real or they're afraid that all the people in their life are going to take advantage of them like they're afraid you know what that is a really right they're afraid they're going to be taken advantage of instead of looking at all of the things in your life and giving them the proper attention and place, right? Like all of these things are part of this conversation that I think is challenging. And I'm not saying you and I have all the answers on this or anything or or navigate this perfectly. But what I'm seeing is that people who are stronger and stronger and stronger about like putting all these boxes and parameters around their life, they don't have more joy they're not happier Mm. They're They don't have more life. So there's, there's something that's being misinterpreted or there's something that, and my, I, I always, when I meet with people and they're at the verge of burnout or they're really stressed out, like I really, really do not believe it's your circumstance. I actually believe with like your external circumstance. I actually believe with all my heart that God can meet you, teach you and heal you in your circumstance Mm. and teach you how to walk that out differently than you are now 
so that you can find life, even if you're in a job that you hate, even if you're in a marriage that's not going well, even if you're walking through a personal crisis. And I'm not saying any of those things are easy or that they're going to be easy, but I believe God can meet you. Jesus can meet you in that circumstance and show you a way, a way of rest, a way of doing life differently that you it's not the fault or blame of anything that's happening on the external. Mm. So anyways, those are a couple of my thoughts oh, and rants. Lord, that was actually <laughs> phenomenal. That was, if you have not tuned into podcasts before that you think just, this was your first time you got actually a treasure today. <laughs> that was amazing. Lord, honestly, you unpacking that piece because you identified so many things that are actually the heart is the right desire. Yes. Yes. But the way it's being lived out and how it's being done is I think what the Lord is putting his finger on. And as you were talking, I kept thinking about once again, it's from the posture of heart. I love that scarcity. Like if those things is what you're viewing your life with, your relationships with, your work with, your time with, that is literally going to rob you. So it really is coming to that place that God is going to the space in our heart, the posture of how we're viewing what he's entrusted into our hands from our family, to our work, to our gifts, to our finances, whatever it may be. But like you said, crisis comes in. What is a posture of heart that we're seeing that with that God wants to go to? And I think this is a beautiful space that God is meeting at. And all of us identify with this. Not anyone can be like, wow, my life has been so perfect. And every day I wake up and my schedule goes exactly as I want. <laughs> None of us can identify with that. But even as you were talking, I just felt like the, in my spirit, like a convicting moment to say like, God, I want to wake up every day. I want to work on that to be able to be present with what you're doing as well. Because in the midst of even what I am busy with, God is at work and could have me stop in the grocery line and totally minister to somebody, call a neighbor and have a cup of coffee. And they're like, I've got so many boxes to pack or so many things to do. This is kind of what we were talking about. But when those boundaries are so tight, the scarcity of mentality is there with our heart. We all identify with that in different ways how God wants to actually break some of those barriers so he can actually move and do what he desires to do that we let go of our lives being our own. Our lives are not our own. We have been bought with a price. But I love that you said, but we also exercise in wisdom and discernment. It's not saying that we we operate with no wisdom and discernment. That is the actual health of how we steward a day, steward a season, steward all that God has given us to say no, to be able to put the proper weight here I actually have to maybe lessen this, but to have the wisdom and the discernment to take a step back to say, what are the most important pieces that I'm stewarding in my life? And you might have a young family that takes up a lot of space. We've been there. That could be like, this is the major block and you're going to have to say no to other things because this is the season you're in. However, in that you're going to have so many things that you might be asked to say yes to that you're like, oh, I think that might be stretching, but you feel God asking you to do it. Take the step. But I love that if we come from that posture of stewardship, that posture of like, God, I want you to have my day and I want to be present with you. Thank you, God, that he doesn't live in a box, that he doesn't live in these like these spaces with us. It's like, no, you don't do that. Okay, I'm not going to meet you there. No, God bursts through every limitation. He puts no limitation on how he ministers to us, where he ministers to us. Thank you, God. But I feel like I put things in a box. I even can put God in a box. So I feel like this is a beautiful conversation of like, where's our posture of heart and how we're stewarding our time, stewarding our season, stewarding what God's entrusted to us. And I think that one question this leads us to, Laura, like even as we've been talking about that, we also want to recognize like we don't do this perfectly and that we can find ourselves in not great spaces and this is a reality. This is not a perfection walk. This is a training journey. Okay. So all of us are in training. And so as we were talking about seasons, I don't do every season well. In some seasons, I really love that the busyness gets ramped up because I thrive on busyness. It's very unhealthy for me. Work can be very unhealthy for me. So I have to watch that. It can be like a bit of a coping mechanism. That's like a better way of saying, yeah, right? overwork. And I love it. Right. So I can actually sometimes be like, okay. But you have to pay attention. I to have that. to pay attention. And my family needs to help me too. And that sometimes where my time can just be like, I love so much of what I do. It doesn't feel like work that it actually becomes 
Like I can be present, not where I need to be present at times when I actually don't need to be present with my work. Right. And I've got to watch that balance. But it's beautiful how God has helped me recognize like a dashboard. So this is the next question I want to bring us to. So I think it's been beautiful as we've articulated just what that maybe misconception is of how boundaries work, not taking away from the how valid boundaries can be or having limit being able to say yes and no yeah. using wisdom and gift discernment. Limits. I like the gift of limits. That's a great way of saying it yeah. versus boundaries. I love that gift of limits. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So we've identified a bit of that. What does that look like? Very loosely. We've talked about it, but how do we have indicators where we have now not embraced our gift of limits and we're now in an overdrive season of something that is really unhealthy? How do we identify that? And how would you articulate how you identify when you've crossed into that zone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think the, for me personally, the answer only comes in my time with the Lord. Like mm-hmm. it does come out of that time that I take mostly in the morning, um, silence and solitude, uh, reading the word, sitting and just listening, um, going for walks, talking to God in prayer, really processing, okay, where am I at? Really assessing with the Lord, where I'm at and, and just listening for him to put his finger on where, where I am at, because I, I'm, I'm sometimes I have blind spots too. I, I sometimes cannot see, um, always where I'm at. I went through like a really interesting sort of unique situation this summer where I felt like a little bit of a shift. And again, I don't know exactly what it was. I don't know if it was a hormonal shift or I don't know. Again, I went through a bit of a family crisis with my mom having a stroke as well. So that definitely was a contributor. But I went through this like sense that I could feel what it felt like. It almost felt like to me what it felt like for an introvert, how an introvert describes, okay, I've got a limited amount of um, energy, like, like coins in the pocket and, and every interaction I'm spending the, the coins that I have, I'm giving a coin every single time. And so I would hit the end at some point during the day, I'd hit the end. I'd be like, oh my goodness, I actually can feel in my physical body, in my heart, emotionally, spiritually, like I I spent all the change in my pocket. I don't have any, I don't have anything left. And that was such a strange thing because most of my life I've been an extrovert, which means that with every interaction, change is being put in my pocket. I'm getting energy <laughs> from every single interaction with people, every single thing I, I've, I'm doing. So that, as an example, was a very, very clear defined ding 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 on the engine light is on the dashboard is blinking something is not as it should be for me Mm -hmm. and so I think you have to pay attention to those kinds of things and introversion and extroversion is a great example of even just like how to manage your energy right that's going to be different if you're an extrovert then obviously the day-to-day interactions with people in life and all of that are going to feed you they're going to excite you they're going to give you energy but it's not the same if you're an introvert, if you're an introvert, you're spending energy all the time. So you do have to be mindful about where you're going to place that energy and goes back to that very first conversation in light of all of the responsibilities in this season. And again, you can break that down to a season like a month or two or three. You could break it down to this week or today in light of today and what responsibilities are on my shoulders. I've got to make sure I manage well the energy that I have. If I know I have a night commitment, I've got to make sure I manage my energy well throughout the day. So again, this comes back to, it's not the circumstance externally of what I have to do. It's how am I going to do that? How am I going to do those things in light of all of these considerations? So I find my time with the Lord. And again, if I don't take that time, or if that time gets taken away for like a consecutive few days, I can actually really um, miss those cues that are coming on Mm. that are saying, okay, you need to pay attention here. So what does that mean? So let's say the engine light is coming on. Let's say there is a little bit of a warning and it's like, you know, you've got to pay attention to this. So all that means for me is that I have to figure out, and this looks different all the time. This is a con. I, I feel like we as humans are constantly just changing, growing and in unique seasons. So I have to figure out for me in that season, in this season, what is going to be 
re-energizing for me? What are some activities, some things I can do, some ways I need to spend my time that can then re-energize me? And that also looks different in different seasons. Sometimes that's going to come through physical activity, doing something outside. Some seasons it's going to come through actually initiating a social interaction, meeting up with a friend, having a meaningful conversation. Sometimes that's going to be going on a date with my husband. Sometimes that's going to be having a nap, literally going and saying to everybody, I'm going to go and have a nap. I'm going to go take an hour alone and have a nap. Please don't bother me. (laughs) Don't (laughs) knock on my door. Don't send me a text message. Don't come and see me like I need. Right. So it's to figure out other times it's like, I'm going to go run a bath and watch a movie in the bath. I just like, these are some of the things that, and, and I have to pay attention to, okay, what do I need to do? What things, what other activities can I add in that can begin to pour in and again, rejuvenate. So I think that's part of the key for me. And those are some of the signs that it looks like I can get into the overworking thing too. So when I notice that, um, my working is taking up too much time on my off time. So like when I have a day off and I'm spending most of the day off at my computer working, I, that's also a bing, 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 like just pay attention to that because I want to have enough free time to be able to cultivate just things that are important to me too. Spending time with my kids, getting outside, exercising, doing some things that just bring me joy, sitting down and just watching a movie, like just actually taking time to do something that's not work. Mm. So when work is kind of to be infringing exactly when it's infringing on my 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 rest time my time away from work i i'm like that's another warning sign i'm like okay Lori, you've got to like put this in check this is not like this is not healthy so um those would be those would be two two things for me very similar with that okay that's exactly like when i i feel like with the work our work is it's not like it's in a box like nine to five so it is true like when i don't need to but i feel this compelled want to and i just have to finish this when it's actually not urgent on a Friday afternoon that's not going to be to the next week that's exactly those indicators and I think it's really beautiful and I just want to say Laura as you shared thank you so much for sharing you gave some really great ideas too for those that are listening of ways to rejuvenate sometimes you're just hearing someone to be like I never thought to do that or I that's that's really refreshing to hear and I also want to acknowledge that you talking about introverts we all have different limits and we have to embrace it mm-hmm. i love once again like the talents god i love that too i know it's not like god affirmed the one with 10 no, talents more than the didn't one favor any of None. them more they were all enough all that's beautiful single one was enough enough so i want to even say that we said at the beginning of the podcast but i want to remind you do not compare yourself to anyone else. We all yeah. have different capacities, different things that we're stewarding, different talents that God's given us that we're responsible for and accountable for. But none of us are better. We actually have to steward what God's given us with him. So if you're an introvert, like your gift of limits will be very different than someone who's an extrovert. It doesn't make them better. It doesn't make them more productive. It doesn't make them more affirmed to God. You are loved and significant. I just want to say that out loud because I feel like maybe someone's listening today feeling like, I don't do anything. I'm not enough. You are enough. I love that you said that. You are enough. And if you're in your car, if you're at home, if you're on a walk, say, I am enough because God yes. has given you exactly what you're made to be in this world as the body part that he's made you. So walk in the fullness of that and the joy of that. So I just want to put that little plug in there. Okay. I love that. So I love the talk of a dashboard. Okay. I've okay. had that yeah, as we've so driven you, a car. For so, you. Yeah. yeah. And you see something come up on your dashboard. And my first thing is I want to ignore it because I know it'll cost <laughs> lots of money. And I'm hoping it's <laughs> just like, it will go off. It'll it just will go, go away. Maybe it's a computer glitch. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. That's amazing. So um, maybe that's part of my makeup. I want to just ignore it. And I'll just think it'll just go away. And that's actually what happens in my life. Something will come Ah. up (laughs) and I won't tell Jay and I'll be like, it'll just go away till he gets in the car. He's like, have you noticed that light's been on? I'm like, what? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hello. Um, I don't know. So yeah, not good. Not good. Not good. But that's actually happens in my own life. Something will come up and I'll be like, oh, it'll just go away. It'll, it won't, it won't affect me. It'll it won't go away. And I'll be like, it's okay. But then it becomes like, oh no, this is now going to actually lead to a major problem. And not only will it just be the problem I have to deal with, it's now going to happen to something else. Isn't that true? So if we don't deal with something in our car, for example, it's not just that one part that's isolated. 
it will now affect something else that will affect something else. And then, like you said, we get to our cars at the side of a road in a complete breakdown. It's done. So I have learned, and I still don't do this perfectly, but I have a tendency to try to ignore it and be like, oh, it'll just go away. It's just today. And almost minimize it, diminish it. Mm. Instead of saying like, okay, I want to not, I want to nip that right now and take care of business. Right, right, right. And that's exactly what the Lord does in our time with him. And it, it, you are right on. I identify with that. If I let a season go where I'm not as intentional in my time with the Lord or it's quick and I'm just kind of doing what I need to do, but not actually taking time, when those seasons, it, it will start to trickle and I won't pick up on what's happening. I'll just diminish and I won't even notice the light anymore. Like I'll just be like, oh, it's just part of the dashboard lights. It's part of, it's part of what my, my dashboard looks like now. It's, that's just how it looks. Wow. Versus no, there's a problem. Right. And I need to deal with it because that problem is going to get bigger and bigger and it's going to start to affect other critical areas of my life. So one area I can say, if I was to say really honest, when I do ignore a dashboard light, people may be surprised. I'm more introverted than people realize. You know this. Even when I travel, if I travel in groups, I can do it for so long. And then I actually shut down for like 24 hours. Sometimes even in a group, if I'm okay, for example, we would go, we've gone together in Israel. We've gone to different places. I will go really good. And probably like three or four days in, I actually need to be quiet. Like I need it's like I need to be filled up again. I, I can only give so much. I am much quieter than people realize. They, I look very introverted, extroverted. I'm not faking it. I'm actually no, no, really no. Love, love being people, with people. But yeah, you need you need the alone time to I recharge. I need alone time to charge. Even I've gone to groups like, yeah, with to Mexico. I've gone to a girls group. Halfway through, I was like, girls, I just need today by myself at the beach. Like, I, I'm sorry. I need to remove myself from you. Go have fun. But I actually need to be alone. I need quiet. I need not to be in conversation. And then I'm recharged for another three days. I'm good to go. Right. But I've recognized these places. However, in my life, those are easy things when it's intense like that, that I can recognize. But in my life, the first um, light that goes off for me is my emotional output with people. So especially my family. So I could give a lot and go home and be extremely shut down. And then I'm like, I don't have much conversation. Like I literally could go in my room and start reading a book instead of sitting down <laughs> being like, how was all your day? That to me. Right. Like is, that's going to draw from you when you're depleted. Like yeah. You can't. You almost no, can't do it. I almost can't. And I have recognized when that starts to happen, that is actually a really unhealthy imbalance in my family life that they need me to be present. They right. need me so to be there given too much. I've given too outside. much. Okay. So I have to manage my energy output. Maybe not. I could still be present, oh, but yeah, yeah. the management yeah, yeah. of how much I'm doing, Maybe how it's much not counseling squeezing in the seventh meeting of the day. <laughs> That is maybe, exactly. Maybe it's just taking the five meetings. Yeah. And saying, is, can I just move that yeah. to the following yeah. week? So I recognize a dashboard yeah. light for me is when all of a sudden I'm not present at all emotionally with my family. That it's not just a day or a season. Like you can recognize like I actually am really depleted. Okay. We all have the days, but I'm talking about when I, mm -hmm. I'm like that mm -hmm. dashboard light is not just going away. Mm. Like I'm coming back and I'm recognizing like I just want to go to bed or I just want to retreat and not actually engage in family emotionally even talk about things that matter those are indicators and I recognize this probably well it'd be almost 10 years now when my husband had cancer through that season that is how I coped I actually that dashboard light was going now not just a dashboard light crisis came into our family and now I had little kids I was working a crazy job I wasn't at the church at the time and I was working like 50, 60 hours a week with a young family, Jay's. And what I do, I just wanted to overdrive at work and I shut down the emotional light. But that dashboard kept going and then it moved into different places in my life. And I recognized 10 years ago, that's actually the first emotional light that goes off for me. That I have to recognize I have put a little too much in this season in this area that I have to reallocate to leave some margin from expenditure here that is very weighty and very important to be able to have that space. And so once again, the margins, the gift of limits, those types, of, it's not taking away that. It's not like I'm like, well, I'm going to stop working so I can No, It's like, no, that seventh meeting or that day 
can I look at my week and say, okay, I'm feeling this right now with my family and I need to have a bit more, more time when my children are home, which I'm actually in a different season too. My kids aren't always home, which is a really a neat season too, that we're able to have some of this balance. But when they are home, do I have on that day a little bit of expenditure margin to be able to maybe push in a day that they're not home and maybe leave that home so I get home at five or six that I can have supper with them and spend good quality time with them instead of being like, I am so tired. I'm just going to go and retreat to a book because I need to retrieve, you know? So I feel like these are some things I've learned from 10 years ago. Do I do it perfectly? No, but it's something I've learned and I learned through not doing it well. And I learned through actually damaging some things that had to be repaired in Jay and I's marriage emotionally some areas of just being repaired physically, being repaired emotionally that God had to bring me through. And from that place, I recognized, wow, that dash light is not just going to go away, that I have to recognize it. And I have to re like, I have to twig it right away. Mm-hmm. I can't just let it yeah, go. I go to the shop. Gotta go to the shop. <laughs> put the oil in. Yeah. The oil light. Put the yeah. oil in. Don't uh, and spend time with the Lord. And yeah. even when that comes up, yeah. To be like, okay, I need to really take some time with the Lord. And be like, hey, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like once again, we're not mm-hmm. talking about perfection here. We're not yeah. talking that we get this yeah. right, but we're in training to recognize mm-hmm. it. And I think that's it. I have the same indicators that come up. I haven't fixed that, but what I have recognized is that I recognize it faster, which is amazing. And I get to the shop quicker. Right. And I think that's maybe in those early first part of my years, I didn't like that the light came up and I was trying to get rid of the light coming up. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. You know, your ears are plugged and you're yeah. like singing, nope, that's not happening. That's I'm in not denial. happening. Yeah. And I actually, now I'm going to force like, I don't want that light versus, okay, Instead, it's oh, going to happen. Here it's, it is. I'm here it is. This. What do I do? This is a limit. Okay. That's beautiful. That's so. really, really beautiful. I think one of the powerful things um, that you just shared too was how when one of those lights go goes on, it doesn't just affect one area. And I think like that's that's also a cue for me. So if I'm having, let's say, I don't know, I'm just feeling some some criticism, judgment, negativity towards someone in, in my life, a relationship in my life. I'm frustrated about something. I'm just critical about something. I'm like upset about something. It's so interesting because that feeling about that one person never ever stays if it's not addressed Mm. it never just stays about that one person in a very short time all of a sudden i'll start to feel that exact way about now this person and now this person's bugging me and now this and i'm like okay Lori, what are you because i don't tend like in in just a regular when i'm in a do you need a time out at that time do you need time out exactly (laughs) like when i'm in a good headspace which is like most of the time i don't think negative things about people like they I don't really let what they do get to me often but sometimes I do obviously it happens and when it does and I don't address it and I don't deal with it it just ends up affecting so many relationships and then I'll just find my mind going to all of these people I'm I'm mad at frustrated with you know having whatever complaining about judging whatever and I'm like wow how quickly these things don't stay in place they don't stay in one place so again when whether it's with you know if you're emotionally unavailable okay so first that's gonna affect probably your kids and your husband but then it will, if you don't address it, it That's will right. affect That's right. the people you work with. It will affect the relationships. It will affect when you're in counseling with people. It will affect, like it just starts to like trickle into every single relationship in our lives. So it is why it is so important when that dashboard light comes on and you're like, oh, there's something off. There's something that's not life-giving happening inside of me. We do need to talk to the Lord about it. We do need to bring it before him. And such a powerful practice really is just a practice of repentance. Mm. Like coming before the, recognizing, okay, I'm feeling frustrated about this relationship. Like this person is really, like, I can't believe they're doing this. I I, I feel like they're really being robbed in this season. All right, whatever, 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 whatever it is. Lord, I I just repent. I'm so sorry for judging that person. I don't know their heart. You know their heart. You love them. You see them. You have such grace for them. God, would you give me your grace? 
Help me to be a person of grace. Help me to love them the way you do. Would you give me your eyes to see? Begin to like literally take that before the Lord in an in a, just a heart of repentance. And all of a sudden you will be filled with a love that you didn't have before. And that love will also flow into the other relationships in your life. But this works. And like you said, if you can recognize it quick, it doesn't have to get to everyone in your life is driving me absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they all so annoying? <laughs> totally. Right? Oh my like it's, it's so, oh. yeah. Okay. There's one more little scenario um, as we prepare to wrap up that I just want to share. And I don't know. Again, I'm not saying that this is necessarily the epitome of health and this might not be good for you, but I feel like someone listening, this might be just be helpful to know this. Okay. So I had this friend who's been trying to get together with me and they've been like literally calling me, texting me. I mean, for months, Hey, can we get together? Can we get together? Can we get together? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ghosting them. I'm not avoiding anything. I literally cannot find a time between their schedule and mine to be able to get together with them. Like it just is not happening. And so anyways, it was going on for months and months and months. And finally, like I sat down with them and I just said, okay, listen, I am not avoiding you. I'm not avoiding getting together with you. I want you to know, I don't want you to feel like that (laughs) there's something more to this, but this season of my life right now with the demands of my job and the, how I've chosen to spend my time where I'm putting my time with work and my family, I really don't have any extra time for social engagements. And you're not the only one that I'm not getting together with socially. I'm not getting together with any of my friends socially. <laughs> like I see them. I have lots of friends at work. I see I'm very relationally rich, but most of my relationships right now are around activity that we're doing together. So whether we're planning something together or we're implementing something or we're, you know, those, that's just the season of life that I'm in. I have four kids. They're all adults. I take very intentional time to spend with all of them. So my social time is filled with dates with my husband and dates with my kids. That's what I do socially right now. And I'm, I'm okay with it. It's a decision I've made. It's part of just looking at my capacity in this season. And, and I'm, I'm okay with it. It's intentional. It's a very intentional thing, but I felt like I needed to communicate that and say that out loud. So if you're similar to me and you find yourself in a season where like you're feeling bad, I'm not investing in my friendships. I'm like, and you're just being hard on yourself right back at the very beginning of the conversation, we talked about assessing the season Mm -hmm. you're in. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm coming to a season where all of my kids are going to move out probably within a few years, five years, maybe all my kids will be out of the house. It's going to be a totally different season. I might be able to engage in lots of social activities with friends, but this is not the season. I'm not in that season right now. And I want to intentionally invest in my kids in this season. Like it is so important to me. It's my highest value and my relationship with my husband. And that's my highest value. So Mm -hmm. I'm prioritizing any free time I have to be with them, not to be with anybody else. And again, you can be like, oh, that's not healthy, da, 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 whatever. That's okay. But this is this is where I'm at today. And this is, so I'm sharing that just to say, I give you permission too to make a decision like that for your life too, if you need to, if you need to prioritize what is most important to you. Because the reality is you're going to do what's most important to you, whether you define it or not, whether you're intentional about it or not, you're going to, you're going to spend your time and your money on what's most important to you. So those are some cues that you can begin to look at to say, okay, what is most important to me? Where am I spending my time and my money? Okay, how do I intentionally prioritize that in this season? And I think that's part of how we steward well what's been placed in our hands. Mm, that is so good, Lori. Is it though, or is that unhealthy? Like, no, am I? No, you, but I think like no. I, like you can give me you can give me some feedback on that. But Laura, I'm like, I feel the same as you. It's exactly the same. We're yeah? almost at the opposite bookends. Yeah, it's a weird. It is, you know, because when yeah. we do have our kids, it's so limited because yeah. even yeah, it's so their special. schedules yeah. are so crazy. So it's not like when they were little, and they're with you all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah, now around the clock responsibility, and we didn't have the same work responsibilities that we have now. Right, no, so true that has amped up in that way but then when you do get your kids it's so limited between their work school sports whatever it may be 
you want to be like, no, that that's priority. Like this is my children. This is it. And you're right. It's a window. It's a window. But I think that's really healthy to recognize what season you're in and to say, okay, how am I steering that? And what's important to me? Yeah. Like and, even you and I, like yeah. if you think about like, we're good friends, like I would say you are my best friend. Totally. You're my best friend. Yeah. But do we don't really get together socially. No. <laughs> like we like this podcast is part of our connection time, like yeah. having meaningful conversations. We have lots of meaningful conversations like at work and just in passing. And but the primary part of our relationship is like what we get to do together, like yes. what we get yes. to build together, like coming yeah. alongside, partnering together, leveraging our gifts. Like, and that is like of great fulfillment to both of us, right? And I don't feel lonely. I don't feel like I'm missing anything in this season, but I just recognize that like I this is where I want to intentionally place my time. But I mean, it's unconventional a little, right? Cuz it's not like we're spending every weekend together hanging out, like doing hilarious fun friendship type of things. But it's a very intentional, meaningful, and I know you're always available. I know I can call you anytime if I need prayer. If I need support, I know you're there. I know you're always there. So I feel like it's working in this season for mm -hmm. me. Again, it could change season to season is very different. I could say uh, something completely different in six months from now, because maybe I'll need, maybe I'll be looking for more of that social connection. But right now that's what's important. No, I agree. And yeah, we're, we're doing like, I just even this podcast and all of you listening, this is so special for us. We get to bond together and sharing things from the heart. And also with all of you, we love, love when you share with us what you're feeling, what you're, what's being ministered to your heart as we share. But I would agree. Like, I know we often have people come and say, oh, you guys are so amazing. You work together and you're best friends. We're like, yeah, we work together and we're best friends, but we don't see each other outside of work. But what we do <laughs> is so incredibly invested and uh, it's such a joy. It's exactly, it's a season of our lives, but it's bonded us in a very different way. And there'll come a different season where, yeah. We could be, Lori, maybe champion pickleball players. <laughs> <laughs> when all of our kids have moved out, we're like, we need to get out and do something. But for right now, this is what we get to do together. And and then we're building into our children on the side and our husbands and, and also extended family. Like my parents live here and Jay's parents. And we recognize like this is the season we're in. And uh, I love that you said that. No guilt, no shame, but recognizing there's not a scarcity. We don't want to have scarce hearts with one another and with God and let God just embrace, embrace your season, embrace it, embrace how God's made you. But I hope this has been helpful to some of you listening. I know for me, I've had some awakening moments today as you've been sharing Lori to go away. And even in my own life, the Lord's been speaking to me, even as we've been going through just a few dashboard things right now in the midst of the season. I think I usually always have a little dashboard going off because God is always going somewhere in my life. It's never like everything is perfect. But it's not out of guilt and shame. It's like he wants to go more intimately, wants to walk in a deeper intimate place with me out of love. And uh, so I just feel like the Lord's been speaking to me even through his podcast. So thank you. Thanks for sharing today, Laura. Yeah, that was an amazing conversation. I loved it. Yeah. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you soon.